Greetings, everyone, from around the nation and around the world. I'm very excited that you have chosen to stop by the Courageous Truth Podcast. We're going to continue part two of our series, The Joys of Communism. Again, a lot of people would ask, why is this important? Why do we need to know these things? Well, number one, because it's history. History has a tendency to repeat itself. Sometimes, I've heard it said, history has a tendency to rhyme. And I think it's both happening right now in our culture and our culture around the world. So my hope is that this exposes some of the tactics, some of the ideas, some of the philosophies of what communism is so that we can recognize it and we can stop it. And the only people that can stop it are ordinary citizens like you and me, ordinary believers like you and me that are going to be courageous and take a stand for what is true. So I hope you enjoy this episode. The series will end next week. I hope it blesses you and enjoy this episode. Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast, where we strive to live courageously through the lens of scripture and build courageous lives in a world that is driven by fear. Your host is a proud parent, a proud pastor, a proud business owner, and a proud American. Tune in today for your dose of courageous truth. And now, your host, Eric Lundberg. Okay. Now, in order, and this is all in, in order to protect people from the oppression of the bourgeoisies. That's how that gets people involved in, in all this. Okay. Now, what attracts people to it is the fairness of it all. What attracts people to it is everyone becomes equal and no one is being oppressed. But in actuality and history will show, and at the end of this episode, I'm going to talk about how many people were murdered under communist regimes, how many citizens were murdered under communist regimes. What happens is the entire citizenry becomes oppressed. When you lose your freedom of religion, when you have to surrender your freedom of religion to the religion of the state, when you have to, uh, you know, surrender your free speech, you can't have ideas outside of the proletariat ideas. You can't have uh, uh, wages that are go beyond like what happened. Like you can't go out and work more or work less. You're you're automatically given over to whatever that regime in power decides is best and right. Now, how would a communist state enforce this? Well, they would have to get a communist police force that are enforcing all these things. And they have to be very strict because people at their core want freedom and they want to make their own decisions. History has shown us that. We are people that were created with a free will. And people want to push back against things that they feel are unjust or that are not in their best interest. When your food is being rationed, what happens when the, 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 the food that's being rationed, the, the, the supply levels are down and you still have to remain fair? Well, then you begin to lose, everyone begins to lose a little bit of food or a little bit of you know soap or a little bit of the... the the average things that they need in order to live. Like logically follow this thing out to conclusion, okay? History has proven that this 
does not work and it leads to trauma it leads to oppression it leads to misery it leads to death because they have to keep power over the people and the greatest tool to keep power over the people is always fear always there are reports in ethiopia when the communist regime held power that they would bury peasants alive to keep the fear of the ruling class and the governing class in power the 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 laws became so strict that they became massively oppressive so i'm going to go through now i'm going to i'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit and i'm going to read a couple quotes from the literary amazing work the literary quote masterpiece unquote that is the communist manifesto and here's another thing that communist uh, regimes go after and they go after the family and whenever you go after the family to break up the fabric of a family the society the culture the citizenry is going to disintegrate every single time. And we see it all throughout the world. We see it all throughout history. It takes on different forms. But when the family is under attack or the family is trying to be reimagined or redesigned, that's when we're in trouble. Because if, if a ruling class can destroy the family, then there is no support system out there for individuals, and everyone becomes isolated. And when you isolate people, you can control them and you can own them. And really, it is a slavery tactic, okay? Now, on page 11 of the Communist Manifesto, this is what the communist philosophy says. They say on page 11, now remember this is written 150 years quote, the bourgeoisie has torn away from the family its sentimental veil and has reduced the family relation to a mere money relation. That, unquote. That is what communist philosophers will say that the bourgeoisie, that the business owners and factory workers are doing to the family. That right there is a lie and a tactic to get family members to adapt the communist philosophy. Because in order to make everybody equal, you have to get rid of the patriarchy. You have to get rid of the family structure, the grandfather, the father, the son. You have to get rid of that structure because then if you can, then people aren't going to be looking to the elders for wisdom and advice. They're going to be looking to the state. Now I'm going to read on page 13. Uh, another quote from the Communist Manifesto, and this is again this this first chapter of the Communist Manifesto is talking about uh, basically their views on exposing the bourgeoisie. This is what it says: "Quote the bourgeoisie by the rapid improvement of all instruments of production, by the immensely facilitated means of communication, draws all nations, even the most barbarian, into civilization." The cheap prices of its commodities are with heavy artillery with which it batters down all Chinese walls which, with which it forces the barbarians' intensely obstinate hatred of foreigners to cap capitulate. 
It compels all nations on pain of extinction to adopt bourgeoisie mode of production. It compels them to introduce what it calls civilization into their midst to become bourgeoisies themselves. In a world, word, it creates a world after their own image. Basically, what they're saying is the bourgeoisies are controlling the means of communication which need to be stripped away. They're controlling the borders and they're, they're, they're bringing nations together which needs to be stripped away because communists don't believe in borders and they don't believe in nations. They believe in one world, one society. Okay, even the most barbarians bringing them into civilization. In other words, look, they're bringing people that we don't approve of into the civilization around us. So basically, they're accusing the bourgeoisie of being all the things that they want to become. Does that sound familiar? Does it sound familiar to you? Being accused of something that they are, in fact, trying to replicate. Now I'm going to read out of page 24. It says this, In the bourgeoisie society, therefore, the past dominates the present. In a communist society, the present dominates the past. In the bourgeoisie society, capital is independent and has individuality, while, living per while the living person is dependent and has no individuality. What they're trying to do is they're trying to get rid of individualism. They don't want people to be individuals. They want everyone to be equal, equal in uh, thinking, equal in physical capabilities. They want everyone to be equal so that no one is better than the other one. No one has a upper hand. Basically, it just gets rid of personalities. It gets rid of ambition. And everyone just kind of becomes, in so many ways, robo robotic. It also says this on page 25. Communism deprives no man of the power to appropriate the products of society. All that it does is to deprive him of the power to subjugate the labor of others by means of such appropriation. It has been objected that upon the abolition of private property, all work will cease and universal laziness will overtake us. One of the big tactics of communism same with uh, socialist thinking, is to get rid of private property. That one person has property that could be better than someone else because they're trying to create a shared society, a commune type of society. And then on page 27, the communists talk about marriage in this way. It says this, but you communists would introduce community of women screams the whole bourgeoisie in chorus the bourgeoisie sees in his wife a mere instrument of production he hears that instruments of production are to be exploited in common and naturally can come with no other conclusion than the lot of common to all the likewise fall of the woman he has not even a suspicion that the real point aimed at is to do away with the status of women as mere instruments of production. In so many ways, what he is saying, and this is my biased look because I've been married for 20 years, what they're saying is that the role of the wife is to be exploited by their bourgeoisie husband as a means of producting or being productive on the behalf of the husband. So what they're saying here is 
They want to get rid of marriage and make men and women equal in society, both in value and in role. Now, we know that they are equal in value, but we know that their roles are different. Why? Because gender is real, gender is factual, and gender have roles that are assigned to them by God himself and by their DNA as their specific gender. So I'm going to end this episode and listen, I understand that there, there is a lot to process here. It is, I'm, I might even break this up into two episodes. There is a lot to process here. There is a lot to, I, here's my, my hope for all this, that obviously if you live in America, you're beginning to see some of these things begin to play out in society. And if you can't see them, you're either not looking or you just, you don't want to pay, you, you don't want to. Thank you for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. We live in a world that is in desperate need of courage and in desperate need of truth. Our prayer is that this podcast will equip and inspire you to live courageously for your family, your community, your God, and for your country. Be courageous in your stand for truth in a world that is completely abandoned. See you next time right here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Remember, truth requires courage.